Midnight Hour has arrived, which means that another episode of the Horror Headquarters has begun. Welcome to episode 7. I am so excited about today's episode because now, after watching The Nun a second time, I'm going to be giving you guys a part 2 to the previous episode. Now, if you have not listened to episode 6 yet, where I talked about part 1 of The Nun 2, go over and check that out. Hurry up before this episode starts because I do not want to spoil anything for anyone and I'm just gonna put that out there right now there are going to be some spoilers in this little podcast that I'm doing because I'm so excited to talk about all the amazing scenes and the phenomenal acting and cinematography in this film there's just so much to talk about and I'm gonna try to condense it as much as possible but without leaving out any important details so get ready Grab your rosaries, get a pumpkin spice latte. Here we go. I finally have a better understanding and a better idea at this film, and I'm so happy I got to watch it a second time before Wednesday came around, which is right now. I actually watched it over the weekend. It was such a phenomenal film. I realized how much I missed because of all those annoying people that were laughing literally during the death scenes, which makes absolutely no sense. Why are you laughing while people are dying? I'll try saving that for later because I talked about that a lot in episode six, but there was definitely a lot of clarity given in this film that I didn't get the first time, being that I was in a movie theater and there was just so much going on. A lot of different people talking, distractions, phones going off, but watching it at home in the dark at night was so terrifying, but so amazing. Now with the Conjuring Universe films, I love the music in the beginning as like the beginning credits are rolling out and it's explaining all the people that's going to be in the film and the production companies involved. I just love the music and it sets the tone for the entire rest of the film. Now the film opens up and there's little to no dialogue and it's a church scene. There's like a church service going on and the person's like telling the kids to go down and get the wine for like the service and all that. And like they had the whole service and all that stuff and then he goes back down to put the wine away and there's like a ball like suddenly on top of the um, like stepping stool that he used originally. I actually talked about this in episode six, but watching it again, I didn't notice that the ball wasn't originally in that room, which is kind of creepy. But he kicks it back into like this like dark room where you can't see nothing and it comes back (laughs) and I froze. And then there's just this long extended moment of silence where nothing's happening and he's just staring at like the dark opening in the door and he's like what is going on and it lasts for so long like you're expecting a jump scare to happen but nothing ends up occurring so what happens is after so long of silence the glass and the wine cracks and he looks behind him and it opens and like it floods the whole basement and he runs upstairs and he's like someone's here to like the guy that's in charge i think it's it's not the pope i don't know how to say it the priest excuse me I'm sorry, I, <laughs> but it's the priest. He like tells the priest like someone's here and he's like, where? And then they hear a loud sound in like the open area in the church, like where all the sitting area is. And one thing leads to another 
and we finally see Valak, and it's amazing. It's so good. Oh my god. Like when you see Valak completely silent, no sound is made, and you're like waiting for something scary to happen. But what occurs is the uh, priest ends up like all his bones start cracking in his body, and then he levitates and he burns to death. It's so cool. Like he burns to death and he's screaming in agony and the kid's screaming because he's seeing it all happen. And then it just cuts to the nun too. Like you just see the title. I'm like, oh, oh my God. That was so cool. I loved it. I loved it. It was that entire scene. The beginning scene was one of the best scenes. And as soon as I saw that scene, I'm like, okay, this film was going to be so damn good. I'm so excited. Apart from the beginning scene that was so amazingly done, the story carries on to where Tysa Farmiga is. Like she's dressed up as a full-fledged nun now. She has taken her vows, which is was so cool to see. And the first shot we get at her is her pushing a truck that is like stuck in mud. I think it's like carrying a bunch of stuff on it. But like she's pushing it along with a lot of other nuns. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. It's Tysa Farmiga. And I just got so excited because I love her so much. She's just such an amazing actress. I've known her since American Horror Story, Murder House. Um, instantly fell in love with her acting style. Like how well she takes on a character and really becomes it. And like you just you don't see her as a person in that film. You see her playing Sister Irene. And it's just so beautiful to see. But as the story carries on, we get introduced to another character. Um, who plays the novitiate. Her name is Storm Reed. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She um, is the actress that plays the novitiate in this film. She does such a phenomenal job. I absolutely love the character. Um, she ends up actually playing a big part in the film overall. And it's Sister Deborah. I'm sorry, it took me so long to remember. But it's Sister Deborah that is played by Storm Reed. But she plays a big part in the film because she assists sister irene with her like journey to figure out where this demon is going like what its plans are like what happened in france with the priest burning to death how it all occurred and like she's called on by the pope and everything to like take action because of like all this, the stuff that's been happening and, like there's been um a line of like multiple different things that's been going on like a nun committed suicide another uh priest killed himself with his rosary so there's like been a lot of things going on and it's all connected back to the demon so it's her mission to figure out what's going on and like put a stop to it she's very hesitant at first like she does not want to do it. i should even say at first she doesn't want to do it altogether because she's still traumatized by what happened the last time that she like confronted Valak. i mean we've all watched the nun 2018 i mean if you haven't you're crazy but <laughs> none of this is going to make sense to you if you haven't but you can like see the terror in her eyes about her hearing that she has to go back and fight this demon again to like end it once and for all even though she thought she already did and she wants father burke's help but sadly he has passed away due to cholera which was a disease happening back in the 50s <laughs> Now, 
Now, something that I loved about this film in particular is when she's on the train heading to France, like figure out what's going on. She talks a little bit about her mother for the first time. And this is the first time she's ever discussed her parents like at all. And she discusses her mother and like how she doesn't really remember her. But later on in the film, she said she lied and that she does remember her and that her father said that her mother was crazy. So he had her taken away and she never saw her ever again. But something it's this like whole important scene is very detrimental to the plot because later on in the film you realized why this was so important and why her mother is like so important to the film and everything. But I'll get to that later if we have the time. But I just really enjoyed that that storyline and I, it really helps with the plot connect a lot of dots that I was like, wait, what's going on? Like some parts throughout the film, but they quickly cleared up. Don't think like it waited all the way into the end until I figured it out. But yeah, I liked that backstory. Very interesting. And whoever's idea that was, was absolute genius. Now, without giving too much away about the plot, I feel like I've already done that. But I want to talk more about my favorite scenes in this film and like how the jump scares are so much more heightened in this one. They literally came out of nowhere as well. But like... They kind of psych you out because like you think the jump scare is going to happen and then like nothing happens to so, like your heart rate goes back down and then it just comes out of nowhere. So like it's kind of like insidious because if you've watched insidious that's what insidious does. It like sets you up to thinking that a jump scare is going to happen and then nothing does. And then the scare comes like three seconds after your heart rate has dropped so that you like have a heart attack when it finally comes. But there's so many good scenes. Like there's one scene where the girl at the, there's, I know I'm like jumping around a lot right now. I apologize. But like there's so many different settings in this film that like I want to discuss with you guys because like there's so much that happens. But the girl, her name is uh, Sophie. She's played by Caitlin Rose Downey. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. She plays a little girl at a boarding school. And there's one scene where she's like running up the stairs because she hears her mother's voice. Her mother is one of the teachers there. And she hears her voice and she runs up and she's not there and everything. And it's like not her. And she opens one of the doors. And when she opens the door, oh, if you watch The Conjuring, you will get my understanding for this. It's the scene in The Conjuring when the nun's at one side of the hallway and the daughters of like Lorraine Warren's like, mom, who's that? And you see the nun at the corner all the way down at the end of the hallway. That's the scene. The crossover was phenomenal. I absolutely like lost my shit because I completely forgot that that scene had happened when I initially watched the film. And then watching it again and seeing that scene, I'm like, oh, they just crossed over with The Conjuring 2. Oh my god, this is so cool. Okay, now jumping around again, of course, another one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in this film, was the scene where Tyson Formiga, who plays Sister Irene, is chasing after that little boy that saw the priest being burned to death, or at least she thought it was the little boy, but it's just her visions, and she like runs into an alley, and there's like this magazine stand. Oh, this scene is so good. I'm so excited to start talking about it. 
when she stops at the magazine like she looks and like there's an alleyway on both ends there's like one to the right to the left and then behind her and she looks at the magazines and like they start the pages like start flipping very slowly and she's like very confused as to what's happening and then like they slowly speed up all the other magazines start getting involved and then they like get really fast and then there's a part where like it gets like sonic speed fast like it stops it like goes in slow motion and then it speeds up really 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 quickly 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 i just said quickly quickly <laughs> and then what we see is basically Valak, like made out of all the magazines like you can see her figure and it's like really cool and then she looks away because she hears a sound coming from one of the alleys and like the camera pans and then it slowly goes past her and then she stares at like Valak's figure like in the magazine and the light flickers three times two or three times i think it's three flickers three times and you're like okay where's the jump scare where's the jump scare where's and then it comes out of nowhere Valak comes out and like chokes irene and irene falls into a trance and faints and then uh deborah who is the novitiate played by storm reed like runs finds a tysa like on the floor and like starts screaming bloody murder like help it's just a very intense scene a lot more happens in that scene i just don't want to spoil too much but i specifically loved that magazine idea it was like mastermind phenomenal such a great idea never thought of incorporating horror into like a magazine type where it creates the figure of someone so that's something i've never seen personally done so i'm gonna say it's the first time that they've ever included this in a horror film i could be very wrong but just from my perspective, I really enjoyed that scene. And I'm like, oh, beautiful. <laughs> it really is impossible to talk about all the phenomenal scenes and acting choices and the settings and the costuming and the horror incorporated into this one film because... It truly outdoes The Nun from 2018, but in the best way. I still love The Nun from 2018. It's hard to say which one is my favorite film, though, because both of them are phenomenal. But this one definitely has a lot more scares, better plot line, much more amazing characters that contribute to the plot line. And it's just so well done. The directing, the cinematography, the setting, the acting, the outfits, all of it together, just like with The Nun from 2018 is truly amazing and it was so beautiful to see it again alone watching it again at home without any distractions from the annoying people in the theater that think that every death scene is funny but i just love it and it was kind of giving <laughs> this is gonna sound so wrong beauty and the beast vibes for some of it because there's one part of the boarding school where the girls are at where like, there's one section completely, like, blocked off where you can't even go in. There's, like, locks and everything. And it's, everything is, like, in ruin. But turns out that's, like, where most of the action happens in the, like, second half of the film is in that little area that was shut off. Because they're, like, trying to figure out what happened back here. Why it's so attractive to Maurice, who is Valak, who is possessed by Valak. Why he's always trying to get into that room. Um, But, yeah. I just... I loved everything about like the costuming and the acting choices made. They were all just so good. Now I want to get into 
the scary parts, the things that literally made me scream out loud, so loud. It was so embarrassing, but I think I woke up a couple people on the block with my screams. <laughs> now, let me just say right now, the death scenes in this film are so gory. Like, they're horrible. Like, there's one that happens in the beginning of the film, like, besides the one of the priest getting burned to death. There's one scene where a person that's, like, delivering, like, meat and, like, fruit and all this stuff gets killed, like, instantly. Like, neck cracked and all this stuff. And, like, you see blood dripping. It was just very sudden. It came out of nowhere. My jaw was dropped for, like, ten minutes because I'm like, did that just happen? That was so sudden because it goes to that crazy scene happens in the morning like not even in the dark and she, this girl's like trying to escape and she gets plunged up against the wall choked neck broken there's like blood everywhere and then it goes to like a completely different scene i'm like oh okay just leave us right there someone just got killed that was nice <laughs> but that was so uncomfortable to watch because i'm like whoa this is very gory because when they first showed like um a clip at CinemaCon they said that a lot of the people that were watching are like oh this one's a lot more gory this one's a lot more terrifying like things come out of nowhere and they were not lying now keep in mind that Maurice does not know that he is Valak that he's possessed by Valak throughout this whole film He's just as confused as everyone else. But when Sister Irene finds out that it's Maurice that's causing all of these deaths and murders to occur, she like seeks the guidance from the church archives and everything, like, like the Catholic archives, to like figure out like what Valak wants and everything. And it turns out that what Valak wants, like what this demon wants, is St. Lucy's eyes, which is St. Lucy is someone that in the story, at least what I can recall, Someone that they stab, like, both her eyes out and try, like, attempt to burn her and she doesn't burn. And she had, like, a long bloodline and they, like, all escaped, like, all these murders. And I don't want to spoil it, but, like, this, like, involves the plot. So I'm just going to keep it there. I'm going to try not to spoil anything. But that's what Valak wants is the eyes of St. Lucy. And one thing leads to another and... She heads to where the boarding school is because that's where the eyes are. They're in that hidden area that's like locked off, like the place I said that gives Beauty and the Beast vibes. That's where the St. Lucy's eyes are, but she doesn't know where inside, but it's in that area. So she heads over there and one thing leads to another. She bumps into Maurice and like he's with that little girl and her mom and like she freaks out and she screams like, stay away from them. And she looks at Maurice and it's like it like kind of gets emotional for a moment and she's like it's you you're possessed by Valak and like he realizes this and then he like starts to like bone cracks and everything and like shape shifts and then his eyes turn like green and he has like this wicked smile and he's it's so creepy and then he turns around because he's heading to St. Lucy's eyes and everything and Tysa Farmiga who plays sister irene and deborah who's played by storm reed attempt to stop him like multiple times and it doesn't work and this is another one of my favorite scenes i'm going to keep saying that but the attempt to get maurice to stop from going to get saint lucy's eyes 
is so intense because when Sister Irene tries stopping him, he throws her onto the glass window and like she falls to the floor. I'm like, oh my god. And then Deborah jumps onto his back and he like whisks her away like with like the force or like the power of the demon like drags her like across the room backwards like flying away. I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> it's It was a lot. And then like anyone basically that gets in the way of Maurice is going to get hurt and damaged. And it's, it's really, really bad. Like it continues to escalate and escalate. And then like 10 minutes pass. I don't want to like talk about everything because i don't want to spoil too much but then there's like something going on with the girls where they hear like footsteps upstairs and what it is is the devil um and like a goat like there's like a goat and like a sheet of glass in that room i was telling you about like the one where like gives beauty and the beast vibes and it's missing suddenly and it's going to attack the girls and it's so creepy oh my god This collage of events overall, like, you have the girls fighting this, like, demon goat, like, that's trying to kill them, like, mercilessly. And then you have Sister Irene trying to stop Maurice from getting the eyes of St. Lucy. And then you have the little girl, Sophie, who's, like, running away with the eyes, like, trying to get it away from Maurice because any time that, like, Sister Irene's in the way, she, like, is getting, like, close to, like, dying. Like, there's one scene where Maurice is, like, aggressively slamming her head into the floor. It was very, very graphic. And, like, I'm like, oh, my God, her head's gonna burst open. She's gonna bleed everywhere. So, like, I get it when people say that this film was a 100 times as gory. Because it was. There was just a lot going on. I can't move on to the next scene of this film without talking about one of my favorite scenes again yes another favorite scene because it's so good this film is so good there's so much anyways I'm gonna dive right into it there's a part where the girls in the boarding school they corner the demon goat like the devil into a corner and like they close the doors and everything and they think that they finally escaped it and then the goat like plunges its horns into the door and it ends up piercing one of the girls' chests. Pure horror. Pure horror. Like, she kind of deserved it because she was really mean to Sophie throughout the whole film. Like, the little girl that, like, is helping uh, Sister Irene. Not the novitiate, the one that's at the boarding school. Anyways, long story short, she's just really rude throughout this entire film. Does a lot of bad stuff. But this scene was so good. I'm like, oh, she so deserved that. But that was terrifying at the same time. Because I don't know how she's still alive if she just got an entire horn plunged into her freaking chest. It was just a lot to take in. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? She deserves it. I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> Alright, now I know I'm taking forever to talk about this film. But there's literally just so much to talk about. Like, that's the issue. There's so much that goes in. I'm definitely going to do... A deeper dive into this film in a later episode i don't know when but on a later episode because there's just so much to talk about but there's two more scenes that i want to talk about specifically one of them is when maurice finally gets the eyes of saint lucy unfortunately and we see valak appear behind him like in this overcasting shadow and like she continues to like get bigger and bigger and bigger and then her face appears 
And then she levitates Sister Irene and attempts to burn her. Like, literally burn her to death. And Irene is screaming. Tyson Formiga's scream is, like, horrifying. Think of Sarah Paulson's scream. But, like, a little bit funnier. But terrifying at the same time. But that was, like, what's happening. Like, Valak was attempting to burn her. But she wouldn't burn. And so eventually, like, she let go of her and everything. And there's just so much going on. And then finally... Taisa Formiga, who plays Sister Irene, has an idea. Like, she looks at uh, Sister Deborah, who's the novitiate, and says, pray with me. And because there's, like, wine all over the place because where they're, like, fighting and everything is used to be a winery. And you'll see that in the beginning of the film, like, when the little girls are playing and everything. That's, like, a whole different story. But they end up praying, and the prayer that they do, like, explodes all of the wine, and it hits Valak. And Valak kind of dies a very painful death i guess you can say i don't i mean valak is still alive of course because there's the conjuring too but just the way that it was all executed what happens is valak ends up burning the way that he was trying to burn sister irene valak begins to burn and it's just so intense and there's all this wine that like basically the prayer that they did made all that wine jesus christ's blood so think of the ending of the nun two, how the nun died, that times a hundred. So it was a much more brutal death. But I just loved that scene. And then, of course, everything went back to normal. Maurice was freed. Or at least you think so. Final scene. After all that craziness, Sister Irene, like, says bids goodbye to Maurice and all this stuff. And she's holding a rosary at the time when he walks away. And what happens is the rosary, like, freezes. Like, it stops moving when he walks away. And she's like, she has a really weird look on her face. Like, oh my god, wait. I love that ending. And that's how the film ends. That's literally how it ends. Is her holding the rosary. Him like bidding goodbye, walking away, and the rosary freezes. It stops moving. And like all you see is her face like confused like, like, oh my god, what was that? Why did the rosary stop moving? Beautiful, beautiful ending. And then if you wait 30 seconds to a minute, there's an ending credit scene, which was absolutely amazing. And like I said, these are all spoilers, so you're going to hear a spoiler. But you hear a phone ringing. And guess who answers the phone? Ed and Lorraine Warren. And this is what leads, I'm pretty sure this is what's connecting the Nun 2 to the first Conjuring film. Because they answer the phone and they're like called to assist on something. Like they're saying, oh, they're saying it's urgent. And of course, what they're connecting it to is what happens in the Conjuring film. If you haven't listened to episode 3, go give it a listen because I talk about this a little bit. But there's a French Canadian farmer named Maurice, <laughs> coincidence, that is possessed by the devil and like is speaking like very fluent latin and an upside down cross appears in his stomach so that kind of spoils it for you guys i mean it's kind of not a spoiler because that's how the conjuring ends up happening is because of that upside down cross that means that maurice was still possessed like he's still not free from the chains of a lock and it's just such a beautiful ending and i love that they had that little cameo in there 
after like 30 seconds to a minute of the ending credits. It was just so beautiful. I'm like, okay, this perfectly helps connect these two films, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping so hard that they make a film of them like continuing that of like the call and everything that leads to the exorcism that they had to perform on Maurice because they only talk about it a little bit in The Conjuring from 2013. Like they just show up a video of it and that's it. I want to see that whole thing executed. I want to see if Sister Irene's involved, like what happens to her. There's just a lot of unanswered questions at the end of this film and I'm hoping that they answer it in a future film that they do. Overall, I cannot give a proper rating to this film because there's so many aspects that play into it, but what I've rated it personally on IMDb is a 9 out of 10. Now, I wish I could give it a 9.5, but they don't allow halves. Now, you might be asking, why did I give a 9 out of 10 and not a 10 out of 10? I gave The Non-2018 a 10 out of 10. One be being that it's my favorite horror film of all time. It still is right now. Still is. I, I can't like compare it to the nun too because both of them are amazing but in their own way like they're both so good but i gave it a 9 9.5 i wanted to give it it's because i wish it was longer and i know that's like such an annoying thing to say and like oh that's not a reason to give it like not a 10 out of 10 but i just wish it was longer i wanted more of a lock i wanted more evilness even though there was still so much like there was so much i mean Obviously, there was more in The Nun 2018 because like, it's centered around only Valak and there's a really tiny cast. This one was more expanded, but it was still amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on this film at all. I loved it. I just wanted it longer. That's it. I feel like that was my critique for The Nun 2018 too, is that I wish it was longer. I love longer films, but only if they're executed correctly. So kind of ignore everything I just said in a way because I'm not saying that The Nun 2 was horrible. It's a phenomenal film that you guys definitely have to check out whenever it's out on streaming services. Such amazing film, especially for around Halloween time. Oh, and you have to watch it at midnight. We've discussed this in the first episode of the Horror Headquarters. You cannot watch horror films in broad daylight with people that make you laugh. That's not how to watch horror films. It just isn't. If you watch horror films like that, then you're not getting the full effect of them. And you never will. Now, before we put a cap on tonight's episode, I do want to talk about the poll results from the previous episode. Now, this one received 35 votes, so thank you to everyone who voted. And the question was, do you prefer watching movies at the theaters or at home? And the winner with 9 votes was Depends on the Film, which I 100% agree. It definitely depends on the film. Like, if I'm very interested in it and I don't want to see spoilers, I'm most likely going to go watch it in the theaters just like I did with The Nun 2 because there's spoilers everywhere. So that was first place. Second place was food slash blanket at home. Thank you. <laughs> Third place was at home. So all of these are like, no, no one likes the theaters. <laughs> um, let's see. Fourth place was actually tied <laughs> between I hate people who talk and theaters suck. No, thanks. That's hysterical. I love that. 
kudos to you guys that voted for it. And then last place was movie theaters, surprisingly. No one likes movie theaters these days. People don't know how to turn off the freaking phones. They laugh during scary parts of a film. They just ruin everything. They just do. I mean, it's, literally ask anyone that goes to movie theaters. Unless you're like in a very rich area or something, you're not going to have a crazy experience like I have. But there's a lot of people out there that really dislike movie theaters because of how annoying other people can be. Because you can't control how other people react. But yeah, that's the poll results. Thank you to everyone who voted on them. There is, of course, one on this episode. I mean, why wouldn't there be? I mean, it's called the Horror Headquarters. There has to be a poll under it. But please vote on it. I hope you guys drop some questions in the Q&A. Any recommendations for horror films? I'm literally reading all the Q&As that you guys are dropping. And I'm super, super grateful for all the recommendations of movies you guys are giving me. I've already watched so many new horror films. And I cannot wait to talk about them all. Also, stay tuned. We're having a special episode this Friday. have it that's episode seven of the horror headquarters thank you guys so 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 much for listening if you guys reached this far like i said always in every episode i am so super grateful for all your guys' support that you guys have shown me on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music every single streaming platform like it just brings so much joy to my heart and we were literally ranking in romania and ireland like a week ago which is just crazy to think about I mean, we were in like the top five in one of those categories. So eternally grateful for all of you guys for listening, for sharing, for promoting my podcast to your friends and family. It just means the world to me. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the horror headquarters and on Twitter at the horror HQ. The website is still a work in progress. I'm so sorry. I literally have a midterm this Thursday, but I do have an extended break coming up, which I do want to start working on it in completing it as soon as possible but i promise you guys it's coming i'm sorry it's taking forever like it literally is always on my mind how long it's taking but on the brighter side the shirts came in for the horror headquarters very very early and i am obsessed with them and i cannot wait to try one on and wear it to campus and everyone's asking oh what's that on your shirt i'm like check it out on spotify and apple music (laughs) but i'm very excited uh thank you guys so much again for all your support, please participate in the poll and the Q&A on this episode if you're a Spotify listener. If you're not, it is free. You can literally get it. All you need is an email and then you make a password and you get to be on Spotify and participate in all these polls. But until next time, tread very lightly, pray for forgiveness, and look out for Valak. Midnight Hour is approaching this Friday the 13th.